0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about the state of the authentication landscape, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Shane Whedon, Senior Technical Staff Member with IBM Security. Shane, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure, thanks for having me, Tom. To start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your background, please, in authentication.
1: Sure, Tom. Uh I'm based in Australia, as you can probably tell by the accent. I've been working in security for more than 20 years in multiple countries, including the United States and here. And my specialty is in web authentication, both strong authentication standards and federated authentication.
0: Shane, from your perspective, as we approach the end of 2018, How do you describe the state of the authentication landscape in terms of ending our dependency on the traditional usernames and passwords? Well, Tom, I think that, to be quite honest, it's a little far-fetched to think that
1: passwords are going away entirely in the near term. Uh, They're clearly still the most prevalent form of, or at least what I would say is initial authentication on the Internet. And there's a whole bunch of factors for that, user familiarity, Uh, The technical portability of passwords across all systems of engagement, whether it be web, mobile, thick clients, or even command line. And there's a perceived risk still of losing customers by introducing something that's new, unfamiliar, or requiring a technical dependency that the users may not have. And this is changing. At the moment, baby boomers whose adult life predates the internet still hold the majority of the world's wealth. And I think as that changes, so will the rapid adoption of new and innovative authentication technologies. At the moment, the landscape is really that most enterprises that offer digital services that uh, have value, i.e. they require risk management to reduce the chances of online identity fraud, they pretty much all offer one or more forms of second factor authentication to just reduce the risk of access to everything from the password. So that might be primitive forms of 2FA, like email or SMS OTP. It might be generated one-time passwords, time-based one-time password, mobile push authentication, or security keys.
0: That's where it's at right now. Shane, as we approach 2019, how do you see this landscape shifting? So I think that in
1: 2019, 2FA will become ubiquitous. they pretty much won't be online services that have anything of value that don't offer multiple types of 2FA. And these multiple types it's a really key requirement. The companies that just offer a single form of two factor have two problems. First of all, those forms of two factor need to be a lowest common denominator and that usually results in a high friction user experience. And secondly, if there was ever a loss of that form of two-factor, then you have a account lockout problem and you need to go back and, you know, do a help desk call, which is highly costly, inefficient, and also provides a, uh, a problem of user identity proofing uh, in and of itself, which is one of the ways that, you know, attackers have been able to circumvent some of the 2FA mechanisms like SMS one-time password today by doing phone number porting. So I think that, Our customers will introduce a whole variety of 2FA mechanisms and give consumers the choice of what they're comfortable with and what they have available on the platforms that they use.
0: Shane, I want to talk to you about the Fast Identity Online Alliance, or FIDO. It's been together for six years now, and the aim is to change the very nature of online authentication. From your perspective, what progress have we seen? Yeah, well, FIDO is a very interesting organization. The
1: initial technology they offered, which was photo Universal Second Factor, it's a 2FA technology, has a really nice, slick user experience. You know, I have a security key. I'm asked to touch it when I need to do 2FA. And it's a form of consumable PKI under the covers that has privacy built in. One of the things that it struggled with a little bit and why I think adoption has been tempered is that it doesn't have widespread browser support. It's only quite limited, and also sometimes embedded browsers, particularly in mobile apps that are offering single sign-on, that technology can struggle a little bit to work everywhere. What's happened since then is a push towards another standard called FIDO UAF, which did offer a way to do out-of-band authentication for users that was quite pleasant. The challenge I saw with that technology was that the boundaries of interoperability, not clear cut. And so people that really wanted to adopt UAF end up with vendor lock-in. Even though, you know, the, the whole purpose of a standard is, is to provide an open platform where vendor choice is key. I didn't see that happening with UAF. The latest iteration of standards, though, FIDO2 and its companion WebAuthn are quite different. And I do see a lot of promise with them, and and, and that's uh, you know where my current interest in, in a FIDO organization lies.
0: And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. There has been a lot said about FIDO2. You blogged about it. Why do you find this so encouraging? Well, to me, there's...
1: I guess, three key points I would bring up about FIDO2 that uh, has got me excited and, and why I truly believe it's, it's got a lot of promise. The first is that when I look at the technology players involved, there's a lot more of them, particularly the browser vendors. So the Microsoft Edge, Google Chrome and Firefox, they've all got working implementations that work with WebAuthN today. And that, to me, is um, a really good sign That they're going to get involved. One of the reasons that browser vendors are getting involved, and this is a second reason I think that FIDO two and WebAuthn have a big uh, chance here, is that that WebAuthn is being taken through the right standards body this time, which is the W three C that sets standards for basically for the internet. So this is the first time that one of the FIDO based standards has been taken through that standards body, and I believe that will cover widespread. Adoption, And the other thing that's got me really excited about these technologies is that they really do go out of their way to try to cover both second factor and completely alternative to password authentication scenarios where that makes sense and do that in a highly interoperable way. So consumers can bring their own authenticator and expect it to work against any site that's offering Fido2 authentication.
0: Shane, I want to bring this back to IBM. Of course, you're one of the first vendors to be deemed FIDO2 conformant. What does this signify about the evolution of your own authentication solutions?
1: Well, Tom, IBM's been offering a variety of strong authentication solutions in our access management products for quite some time, and that's both in our on-premise and, more recently, our cloud-based solutions. A lot of these technologies are delivered natively and some via our business partner integrations. One of my roles is to keep an eye on the authentication landscape and help set the strategy and technical direction for strong authentication for IBM. And that's for both second factor and alternative to password uh, authentication scenarios. And when I took a look, close look at FIDO2 and WebAuthn, it was immediately apparent to me that these standards offer those scenarios, and they're in complete alignment with IBM's overall strong authentication strategy. So, if I was to put it simply, FIDO2 complements and extends the set of capabilities we already have in our strong authentication suite. And it's just natural that we would experiment with and adopt technologies like FIDO2 and WebAuthn. It was also quite a lot of fun to be involved in this very first FIDO2 conformance event and meet other technology players uh, in the industry. Uh, you know, our products need to interoperate with those other products, particularly with the authenticator vendors. I've been involved in many interoperability events over the years, like a federation events and, and other strong authentication technologies. And I must say this particular engagement was one of the best first round conformance experiences I've ever been involved in. And that alone, to me, says a lot about the promise of these standards and uh, that they're going to work together and there will be consumer choice in this space.
0: Shane, we began our conversation talking about the state of the authentication landscape. Talk to me more about IBM. What are you doing to help influence this shifting landscape as we enter 2019? Sure, Tom. As I mentioned earlier, IBM has a strong authentication strategy that includes
1: both second factor and alternative to password technologies today and the scenarios around them. So besides the work with FIDO um, we've also previously delivered our own mobile push second factor technology called IBM Verify and that works you know again both with our on-prem and cloud offerings. We have published examples of how that technology can also be used for completely alternative to password authentication and that is being adopted by our customers. To me, FIDO complements this, and it's natural for us to extend our products to include FIDO2 scenarios, particularly via WebAuthn. As for next generation, I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone that beyond the FIDO2 scenarios and technology, I believe that verifiable credentials through trust networks like the Self-Sovereign Identity Network will be a key part of the next generation of authentication solutions. Uh, IBM earlier this year announced our participation with the Sovereign Foundation as a steward. And we have working examples today using blockchain technology to manage the verifiable credentials issuing and validation for the different roles in in, in that space. So that's sort of where things are at today. Suite of second factor capabilities Uh, photo 2 complementing that and extending it to include complete replacement to password authentication stories. And then beyond that, uh, verifiable credentials is the next generation of of strong private authentication.
0: Shane, a final question for you. Based on everything we've talked about in this conversation, for our audience, what are the steps that they should take next? If I was a
1: Practitioner in an enterprise charged with authentication or login strategy for my customers whether my customers be in the retail space or employees The first and most important thing to do is to make sure that you have a strategy That includes strong authentication in it Hopefully you already do and hopefully it already includes second factor authentication of one or more types. There should be multiple types and your customers should be encouraged to enroll in them to prevent account lockout, uh, like we described uh, earlier. If you have this type of framework in place today, add FIDO to it. That would be my number one piece of advice. And don't just have one approach. The next thing I would do is ensure that framework also includes risk-based access considerations. By risk-based, I mean do conditional second factor, not just require it every time someone logs in or every time someone does a particular transaction. Use multiple risk elements, uh, so, that's to reduce the friction on the end user when they're, when they're going through an experience. A lot of enterprises are already doing this, the next thing I would do is self-educate. So become familiar with what the possibilities are and understand what the user experiences are. So read, 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 right? Go and read about FIDO2, go and read about alternative to password authentication and then go out and try it. And you know, even on my own blog, I, where I recently talked about our FIDO2 work, there's a link there that'll take you to a demonstration site where you can experience photo authentication for yourself. There's also a series of videos that uh, where I demonstrate what that experience is like using different browsers and different authenticator technologies, both ones that are built into platforms like Windows Hello and, and uh, my MacBook with a touch ID, uh, and ones where you have portable authenticators like security keys. Then I would suggest seriously considering what alternative to password authentication might look like in the future for your users. And not just what the end user experience is when they're logging in, but what the onboarding process is, how you do account recovery and all other elements of identity lifecycle management. Design it outside in and keep the limitations and capabilities of the technology in mind. And finally, get ready for verified credentials as the network of you know credential issuers and verifiers starts to expand because they offer the promise of bring your own identity as opposed to enterprises having to manage every aspect of identity themselves. That is my advice for your listeners and you know I, I hope to
0: work with many of them in the deployment of their own solutions. Shane, we've had some great discussion here. It's excellent to make predictions and to look ahead. What could get in the way of the scenario you've outlined for 2019?
1: I think the number one thing is customers not wanting to alienate their end users by introducing technology that they don't feel their end users are ready or willing to adopt or can technically adopt because of any one of a number of barriers. But I think that's changing rapidly and that's why I hold a high degree of hope for strong authentication in you know, with everywhere within the next year or so. I mean, here's a good example. We don't see the baby boomers refusing to buy a Tesla because it doesn't have a manual transmission anymore. So why would we expect that baby boomers would insist on authenticating with a password just because they, you know, don't have the latest notebook. I think I think that's going to just disappear, and we're at the bubble where that generational issue is just about over. And I truly believe that these barriers uh, are, are largely fictitious now, and are only being held onto by a very few. Uh, and and that the forward-thinking enterprises and the ones that are going to gain the mindshare are those that offer frictionless, high-value, safe, strong, private authentication experiences, because that is indeed the very first thing a consumer interacts with every time they they uh, do business with you.
0: Well, then let's set a date. Let's come back here one year from now, talk again, and see if indeed these barriers have come down. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Shane, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. Pleasure, Tom, and thanks for your time. We've been talking about the state of the authentication landscape. And again, I've been speaking with Shane Whedon. He's a senior technical staff member with IBM Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.